it's time for Sales with Sully. Your host, Scott Sullivan, brings his 30 years of sales and marketing experience to you, the sales professional, addressing your questions from Twitter to help you be better at reaching your goals. This is a weekly show that happens right here on InspiredNewsRadio.com. And now your host, Scott Sullivan. Welcome to Sales with Sully. Hi, this is Scott Sullivan, and I am your host. Every single week, we answer your questions that you send to us on Twitter right here at Inspired News Radio. You can reach us at Sales with Sully on the Twitter, and you can also uh, reach us through Inspired News Radio anytime. Fill out the form, send us a question, and we answer those questions right here every single week on Inspired News Radio. So if you've been following along with Sales with Sully the last few weeks, you know that we took a two-part series just recently and broke down the sales cycle. Just last week, we talked about Gipper, the G-P-P-I-R, the Gipper of a sales cycle, the lead generation or the G meaning generation, the first P meaning the presentation or the proposal, getting that out to the customer. The second P is paperwork. The I is the instant installation or delivery, and the R is the red envelope experience. We don't have time to talk about the red envelope experience in detail here, but needless to say, it's customer service, follow up and follow through. It's the support after the fact. So we've been talking about the Gipper and going through the entire sales process. And now we're gonna start a six part series and it's real simple. Now that you know, what are you gonna do about it? That's what the series is called. And the first one is we're gonna address today is of course the G for the lead generation. So now that you know, what are you gonna do about it? And we're gonna talk about lead generation. So if you broke down your sales cycle as your homework uh, (laughs) that we assigned in the last couple of episodes here at Sales with Sully, then you have lead generation as a big, huge, giant bucket. It's a double-edged sword when you deal with salespeople because, of course, they want really good quality leads because the better the lead, the easier the sale. Obviously, if you have a uh, very strongly qualified lead, I have to do less work to close that sale because a lot of my work is already done for me in the lead generation. So, of course, the sales guy is not going to be the judge of the quality of lead. We want to make sure that we have adequate training and we want to make sure that we are following through. So you should start keeping metrics. What are the metrics? How many leads are you getting? What's the close ratio? Are you closing you know, 30%, 20%, 10%? What's the number? And what are the things that are going wrong? Because you should also have a post-mortem after you hand out the leads and during the end of a sales cycle. So if you have a lead that enters into the funnel as, let's say, it's ranked between a a level of one to five, one meaning it's a very poor lead, and five, it's been very, very strongly qualified. You have that weighted average. You have a five lead that goes in and doesn't come out the other end. It's a sales close lost. Then you need to do a postmortem and find out why, and maybe see if you can resurrect that lead uh, with someone else or find out if it was a lack of training or a lack of follow-through, a variety of different things that happened. But lead generation, what we're concentrating on today, should be part art and part science. So the one thing is we should also look at every lead that comes in and it should be quantified and qualified. So how many did we get? 
what are the closing ratios what are the expected sales that should come out of that and what are the things that we need to do to make sure they're they're as best qualified as possible before handing them off to a salesperson if that salesperson is just responsible for making sure they get closed now you have a lot of organizations where the salespeople are also the lead generators and we're going to address that later on in one of our future episodes talking about the cyclical nature of a sales cycle and why sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad because you could have uh, peaks and valleys in your close ratio because you could be having salespeople spending a lot of time filling the funnel then they go close and they come back and, and fill the funnel again and you can see how that would be a cyclical nature of closing and you would lower your closing ratios and we'll talk about that as we start uh, in a future episode we're going to have one where we do the analysis of the actual numbers of our sales cycle and the and the art and science behind the sale but today we're going to talk about lead generation so what what is a lead a lead is someone a prospect or a suspect that you believe or has expressed some interest or in some way shape or form could be somebody that could buy or benefit from your product or service that's a very 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 broad definition a if you are selling something like you know bottled water then every human being on the planet could be a prospect for you but is that really true so then you have to do what's called a qualification or a qualification process through that lead to find out exactly you know what whether they're a prospect or a suspect or a lead that could possibly be converted into a sale so let's use the example of um, let's say you're left-handed and you sell scissors that are only can only be used for right-handed people then that's going to be a difficult task of you know finding out uh, that everybody is not a qualified lead because they have a left hand and they have a, a right hand that isn't necessarily a means that they would be a good lead or a good prospect because left-handed people or left-handed dominant people that use that would be using right-handed scissors are sometimes tough so they actually make a pair of scissors that is either ambidextrous or left-handed and now if you have a left-handed uh, pair of scissors maybe that's your niche is to find people that are left-handed dominant and they that would be your prospect or your suspect or your your lead generation pool that you're drawing from so you can see that not everybody fits every single criteria which is really important that you understand not only what is a lead but you also need to understand what isn't a lead and that's part of the qualification process just because you have a dog doesn't mean that you have you know a need for a particular type of dog food or a collar or a dog house or anything that has to do with with that with particular dogs because not every single dog owner uses exactly the same product or has the same needs maybe it's an outside dog that just runs free and they live on a farm versus somebody who would need a collar and a leash because they live in an apartment and they go out and walk their dog so now you understand what I'm talking about when I say a lead and the lead generation now the days of cold calling I'm going to say you know when I was a kid 
and I was first starting out 30 years ago in my sales profession, then cold calling was really sort of the way to do it. You would dial for dollars, they used to call it. We would sit in a room, we would have a list, we would make phone calls, we would start to create the need because in some cases we had a product or service that was so cutting edge or so new that it wasn't entered into like the mainstream. So the, you, you had to actually sell the need or create the need for the product prior to ever actually uh, selling the product. So you had to actually establish a reason why that this particular product had a value. And those days of, of dialing for dollars and doing, you know, uh, just one after another cold calling was pretty much over. Now, there are some uh, industries that still use that, and there are some people that you know the days of getting the phone calls you know at seven o'clock in the in the evening right at dinner time is pretty much ended and the reason why is because of all the technology we have we started off with a rotary dial phone that would ring and everybody would answer it because there was really no other option there was there wasn't even an answering machine believe it or not so you if you didn't answer the phone it just kept on ringing it would never stop ringing until the other person on the other end hung up so then the invention of you know of uh, caller id and answering machines and voicemail and then all of a sudden you had if you were selling b2b you had assistants that would sit outside of your desk and or outside of your office and screen your calls and then you know callers got a little bit more creative and we would find a way to get past uh, that gatekeeper as they used to call it and then the, then everything with the invention of technology became email text smartphones now all of a sudden if it's an unknown or blocked number chances are we didn't answer it we just hit the little red x and it goes to uh, a voicemail system or you get a um, text back in reply and now we have auto reply you know responders that that automatically say sorry i don't accept voicemail anymore please send me a text or an email at this particular address it, it's getting harder and harder to just sit down and pound the phone for in dialing for dollars you have to establish a relationship with that person prior to them accepting your phone call so i like to rank every single relationship that i have on a scale of one to ten on the zero or one end meaning that uh, I know them but they don't know me I call that the Bill Gates effect if Bill Gates walked into your office right now you would probably recognize him and you would know who he is or Warren Buffett or pick any other you know famous you know Jeff Bezos some some famous uh, person in business you would probably know who they are but they would have no idea who you are and if that's the case then that would be like a zero or a one on the relationship scale. If I met you at a trade show and we've exchanged business cards, now we're starting to move up that scale a little bit, one or two. If I've uh, come by and seen you at the office and maybe we haven't had a chance to do a presentation, but I stuck my head in to, to reintroduce myself and just to let you know I was in the building and, and say hi and I'd like to schedule an appointment with you. Maybe we're now at a four or, or maybe even better, a five. And five for me is sort of like the threshold of saying, 
there's a 50-50 chance that now you've seen my name and my face and my emails enough that if you're going to answer my call, there's a 50-50 chance that you will now that, that we're at a five. Six then obviously moves up. We've had meetings together at your office. Seven, maybe we've been outside of the office, had lunch. Eight, we've done something social together. Nine, I know your family, your wife, your kids, whatever it happens to be. I know a little bit more about your your personal life we're starting to move away from that colleague and more as personal friends and 10 just simply means we've been on vacation together or i've been to your house for dinner uh, because we've transcended now the relationship from business and and personal are now kind of blurred where we are colleagues but at the same time uh, we're also friends and with without regard to where what product or service that we're selling we're probably still going to be be friends after the fact so that's sort of the zero to 10 relationship scale. So I assign each relationship that on that scale, but I also keep that as part of my lead generation because in the lead generation, I'm going to ask for testimonials, referrals, case studies, white papers, all of those things. So let's talk about how do you get a lead now if cold calling is not the answer if calling call if cold calling really is dead what do you do now so some of the things that that we do today is we actually mine databases of customers we already have the easiest and probably quickest way to sell something is to sell another product or service to somebody who's already done business with you and is stellarly happy there's an old saying that says sales sells the first one but service or customer service sells the the second so you want to make absolutely sure and it is imperative and i want to repeat myself again right now it is imperative that the follow-up and follow-through and customer service is absolutely handled in the absolute most stellar way possible because the happier the customer is after the at the end of the transaction the more likely they are to give you a referral or a testimonial or to buy from you again so remember it's really 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 important especially in this day and age with lead generation not reliant on cold calling anymore and reliant on that customer we need to treat customer service as it's the number one function in the world nothing else should be more important than making sure that the service after the sale so we talk about the uh, closing and we get the purchase order and we get the customer's check and we put the check in the bank and now the, the salesperson says, well, my job's done. It's now up to everybody else. Well, that's not really true because we've talked about in the past here at Sales with Sully is that we should keep the salesperson and the responsible party, the person who has the relationship with the client the key holder of that relationship should be involved all the way through the process making sure that there is you know follow through and follow up make sure that the expectations are managed make sure every aspect of the sale is completed even all the way through to how do you who finds out how we did is there a third party, you know, independent company that calls and and says, "Hey, how do we do? Was it really great or really bad and what can we do to improve it?" Or 
Is it somebody inside the organization, maybe somebody at the executive level that picks up the phone and calls the customer and says, you know, I am the CEO or I'm the COO or I'm somebody on the board of directors and I'm very interested to find out how we're doing on our customer service. It could be a survey. How many times have you had your car worked on and then two days later on an email you get a survey from the automotive dealer and saying, you know, uh, thanks for having your car worked on at Joe's Auto Repair. Uh, How do we do? And if you'll notice, if you if you re- recognize that as a uh, industry as far as the survey is concerned, have you ever had somebody as you're closing out your ticket say, Mr. Sullivan, thank you very much for having your car worked on at Joe's Auto. Is there any reason why when you receive our survey that you couldn't answer with five stars on every single category? Could you please let me know now so that I can make it right prior to you receiving that survey because I want to make absolutely sure you had the most stellar experience here. If everybody knows that every single customer is going to get a survey, then hopefully everybody's game gets elevated a little bit. Okay. Now, we've talked about all the reasons why service and customer service are really part of lead generation, but it comes right down to the categories that you need. We touched on them briefly, but if you are mining your database of existing customers to sell them another product or service, they need to be satisfied customers. And if they're not, those problems need to be resolved before they're actually going to buy from you again. The next thing is, is why aren't we asking for referrals? And I'm not just talking about one, two, three, four, five, ten, twenty, a hundred referrals. I'm talking about what is the number? Every single person that buys from you has a circle of friends or people that they either have influence over or are influence are influencers for, meaning maybe they don't have direct influence, but they are there's a group of people that accept them as uh, that's a, they're a good source of of information when it comes to uh, referrals. So, for example, is do you have a friend right now that you kind of that go-to person that is like a crazy movie buff? And if you want to know if it's a good movie, you kind of align with them and you pick up the phone and you say, "Hey, Joe, I'm thinking about going to the movies this weekend. You know, what do you recommend?" That that person is is somebody in your your sphere of influence. Almost every human being in the United States right now has a sphere of influence of about 27 people. That's a national average that they did a poll and they they averaged it out. So the average human being has about 27 people that are in their sphere of influence. That means you could ask for 27 to 30 referrals from every single person as long as it kind of fits in the same you know business that what you're doing with that particular person what do i mean by that so if you are if these 27 people are of a female persuasion and you don't have a product that addresses or that is currently being sold to females then that's going to be a little tougher but you need to make sure that you understand that there are referrals out there to be gleaned from satisfied customers every single customer should give you one of three things and i say this to every single one of my salespeople: at the end of the sale you should have gotten a referral a testimonial or at minimum a case study for the project or service 
that we provided to them. The best is, give me 25 referrals, Mrs. Smith, thank you so much. The second best is, can I use you in my marketing as a testimonial saying how wonderful we did and what a great job we did, both in still print and in video so that I can put it out into today's you know marketplace that fits into that. And the worst case scenario is at least I get a case study that says we did this for Mrs. Smith and it turned out fantastic and here are the here's the data points that that fits. She saved 25%. She gained, you know, 25% efficiency. Whatever it whatever it is that your product or service did, you reinforce that value by doing a case study and making it fit into that mold. That's where the lead generation comes from today. Now, of course, can you buy databases? Sure you can. And can you spend money on Facebook ads and on Google ads and AdWords and all the other social media? Of course you can, without a doubt. And can you get very specific with our demographic and advertising today? Absolutely you can. And those are all an option. Those are all options that you can use if your business and margin can sustain that. If your cost of customer acquisition can afford to buy a list, do a qualification, and go through that process, then by all means, that's something that you should be doing to fill your business pipeline and make it work. The most important part, and we also talked about surveys, but the most important part of this is to make absolutely sure that what you have done is a stellar job. You have looked at and examined every possible way that you could make everything go as well as possible for that customer, and you have managed their expectations through the entire process, and they are 100% five-star happy all the way across. That customer is going to be fantastic for you and your marketing, not only because of your referral, your testimonial, and your case study, but because they're going to go tell their 27 people in their sphere of influence just from what we call word of mouth. And that's what brings me to the last part, and that is attraction marketing. Put out an ideal website. Put out ideal social media posts. Be an information uh, source. Be a resource for your industry. Be a thought leader for your industry. If you're in the health and, and wellness business, then make sure that your website is helping people be healthier and, and to do better in their wellness so that you can then be seen as a thought leader. Be in that attraction marketing because then you have something that you can give to that customer and say, please tell your friends and let them know, here's our website. And then that way your branding and your attraction marketing actually then starts to pull through. Have things on your website that actually are of value that you can give to the customer and glean their, their information, their name, their address, their phone number. Help them to self-qualify themselves into your lead generation. So attraction marketing right now is a big, huge, giant industry that we are doing a lot of in order to be a leader, to be a thought leader in our industries. So make sure that you are following through every single step of the way. Make sure that your salespeople are completely well-trained. Buy leads if you can. If, you, if your process can afford it, buy the best quality leads you possibly can. Find out where you can get those good quality leads. And next week, we're going to be talking about the prep and, the, and getting everything ready for the presentation. Because now that you've got a good quality lead, you definitely don't want to waste it. And we call that actioning the lead. 
lead or making sure that the lead is actioned in the correct way by utilizing the best person possible that fits the best criteria and that they're going to be prepped and ready and everything going so that you have the highest probability of turning and converting that sale or converting that lead into a sale. I really appreciate you listening to Sales with Sully every single week. We answer your questions right here on Inspired News Radio. All you have to do is go to at Sales with Sully on Twitter or, of course, at INR Talk Radio. That's at INR Talk Radio. Leave us a question. Let us know what you thought about today's show. Give us some feedback. We love hearing from our listeners every single day. I love reading your feedback and I love hearing about the stories that says, Wow, Sully, you helped out on this particular thing, or I disagree with you on this. I love that. I love that we have those conversations. Send me a tweet on Twitter and at Sales with Sully. I absolutely love your feedback. So thanks very much. And remember, like I say every week, get out there and sell something. So until next time, this is Scott Sullivan, also known as Sales with Sully. I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Sales with Sully on InspiredNewsRadio.com. We take your sales and marketing questions each week on Twitter at Sales with Sully, hashtag INR, and like us on Facebook. On behalf of your host, Scott Sullivan, and the entire Sales with Sully team, thanks for listening, and see you next week.